Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to today's online service. We're so happy to have you here with us. Um, we hope that we can be of some assistance to you. If you would send us a prayer request, we'd be happy to receive that. You can email us and we'll add you to the prayer list. We'd also ask that you continue to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We do want to let you know that we are back in person for services at EPC in our main sanctuary and we would love for you to join us. All you have to do is make sure to pre-register. Registration takes place starting Monday mornings at nine and goes until Friday at noon each week. We also have children's ministry now for children aged birth to grade five. So make sure that you register your children. God bless, have a great day. Good morning, Evangel. We're so grateful that we can worship together even in our own living rooms. And we invite you to sing with us we're singing about amazing grace, something we cannot understand fully, but let's give it a chance to be able to rejoice together about that amazing grace this morning.
Our scripture reading today is found in Psalm chapter 51, verse 7 to 17. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore me to the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your way so that sinners will turn back to you. Deliver me from the guilt of bloodshed, O God, you who are God my Saviour, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. Open my lips, Lord, and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise. May it please you to prosper Zion, to build up the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will delight in the sacrifices of the righteous, in burnt offerings offered whole. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. May God bless his word. Good morning, everyone. I believe it would be safe to assume that all of us have done things that require an apology. I also believe it would be safe to assume that all of us have had things done to us by others that require an apology from them. Perhaps you've experienced what is known as an insincere apology, when someone says, well, I'm sorry, but they're justifying their behavior, so really, they're not really that sorry. Or, I'm sorry if what I said offended you. In other words, if you weren't so sensitive, this would not have offended you, so really, it's your fault. Or how about this one? I'm sorry you feel that way. In other words, you are so unrealistic in your emotions. And all of us, I suppose, have heard or said at one time or another, tell your sister you're sorry for pulling her hair. And the child reluctantly says they're sorry anything to get out of the consequences of their actions. An insincere apology can be as painful, well, even more painful, than the wrong that has been done. Today, we are continuing in our sermon series entitled The Re-Series, Moving Forward by Going Back. And we said that the prefix re literally translated means again or again and again. And so throughout this series, we've been focusing on themes that we need to consider again and again as we move forward to be who God has called us to be. Today, we'll be focusing on the word remorse. Remorse. And remorse means a deep regret or guilt for a wrong committed. Today, we are considering Psalm chapter 51, which is the remorseful prayer of David after he is confronted by Nathan the prophet for his sin, cover-up, and murder. We will see today, as we look at this scripture, that to experience the forgiveness of God and others, we must sincerely demonstrate remorse for past wrongs and seek the change that only the Holy Spirit can bring in our lives. First today, let's look at David's sin. 
2 Samuel chapter 11 records the life-altering sin of David. The text begins with these words, In the spring when kings go off to war, David sent Joab and stayed home. One evening, David got up from his bed, walked around the rooftop of his palace, and while he's up there, he saw a woman bathing in her home. She was beautiful, and David was consumed by her, and so he sent someone to find out about her. The report that came back to David informed him that she was a married woman. In fact, she was married to one of his soldiers, Uriah, who was away fighting in David's army. David was so consumed by her that he sent for her anyway, and the result was adultery and then subsequent pregnancy. David's immediate concern was not about his sin, but rather how this might reflect on him, how it might make him look. David didn't want others to know the truth about his sin. He wanted to pretend it didn't happen, and so he devised a plan. The first step was to bring Uriah, her husband, home, and he would sleep with his wife and assume to be the father of the child. But there was a problem for David. Uriah was loyal to the king and his fellow soldiers. He came back to Jerusalem at the king's request, but he refused to go home because he believed it was unfair to his fellow soldiers. Uriah's loyalty led to David's second step. David needed to get rid of Uriah so he could cover his sin. So he sent word to Joab, his commanding officer, to put Uriah at the very front line of the battle to ensure that he was killed. With Uriah dead, David could cover his sinfulness. Uriah was killed, and David took Bathsheba to be his wife, and no one would know the truth, or so he thought. David is now guilty of adultery and murder. Secondly, David's remorse. As I mentioned earlier, Psalm 51 is the remorseful prayer of David after being confronted by Nathan the prophet for his sin and subsequent cover-up. David responded by saying, I know my transgressions. The word know means to be aware and have a first-hand experience. The word transgression means rebellion, and so David had chosen to rebel against the very character, the principles, the standards, the laws of God, and he knew what he had done, and he knew it was wrong. He said his sin was always before him, haunting his conscience despite his efforts to push it down, to not think about it, to try and move on. Although his sin was obvious to all of those who were aware of it, there was no one more aware of it than he was. David's sin was a private act that had significant public implications on his family, his friends, his kingdom, and his relationship with God. He said, against you and you only, God, have I sinned. David understood that his sin, which affected others for sure, was primarily rebellion against God. What he had done was wrong in everyone's sight, but it was wrong first because God said it was wrong. God had set the standard because he knew the type of impact and destruction that sin would have if committed. David didn't argue with God's justice. He declared that God was justified in however he chose to respond to him. Whatever punishment he received, he deserved. He recognized that he was sinful and that his behavior was no excuse 
and he took full responsibility for it. Thirdly, David's desire. Following the confession of his sin, David desired to be restored in his relationship with God and subsequently his relationship with others. David said, cleanse me, God, wash me. Now there are two Hebrew words that are used for these words cleanse and wash. The first word refers to any object can, that can be dipped and have water poured over it. So it could be your body having a shower or a bath, your kitchen dishes or utensils. The second word refers to washing garments. And this is a more intense process because it involves beating the garment with a stick or pounding it on a rock in the water. And what's interesting is that David uses the second word here when he asks God to cleanse him. It's an idea of an aggressive removal of very deep stains. He recognized that what he had done was serious and required a deep stain removing cleansing. He said, God, create in me a clean heart. The word create means to bring something into being that didn't exist before. He knew his heart was wrong and he needed God to create a new heart in him. David not only desired cleansing for his sin, he also desired a renewed sense of God's presence in his life. There was a time when David was very aware of God's presence and power. Because of God's presence and power, he was able to protect his sheep by killing a lion and a bear. Because of God's presence and power, he was able to face and destroy the giant Goliath. Because of God's presence and power, he was able to safely flee from Saul, who was seeking to destroy him and kill him. But something happened as he fulfilled his role as king. God's presence and God's power in his life became less of a priority. The traumatic moment of failure with Bathsheba caused him to remember a better day. He wanted that life again. For David, evidence of being restored to God would be a renewed reality of God's presence in his life. He prayed that his joy would be restored. Joy is more than an emotional expression. It means contentment as you rest in God. Joy comes from having peace with God. And so David asked God to remove the deep stains of sin in his life, to renew the presence and power of God in his life, and to give him the joy that comes with being right with God and resting in the confidence of a relationship with God. There are three recommendations that I would like to make based on our scripture today. The first one is own your sin. Own your sin. David's unwillingness to own his sin, to admit that what he had done was wrong, sent him spiraling into deep sin, cover-up, denial, and relationship breakdown. It was only when confronted by Nathan, the prophet, that he admitted his wrongdoing. It was owning his sin that was the necessary first step towards forgiveness and restored relationship with God. I believe sometimes we're like David. Our unwillingness to own our sin, to face the consequences of our sin, causes us to spiral into deeper sin, cover-up, denial, and relationship breakdown with God and others. Justifying our behavior is not helpful. 
Deflecting blame on others and making them feel responsible for our behavior is not helpful. Expressing remorse just to make it go away, but not really meaning it is not helpful. Not only are these responses not helpful, they're hurtful. They're hurtful to us and are hurtful to those who are directly impacted by our sin. The first step to moving forward is owning our sin, accepting responsibility and admitting we were wrong and understanding how deeply we have hurt others and our relationship with God. Secondly, desire change. David understood the deep rooted nature of his sin. This was not a trivial matter. This was a serious matter that necessitated deep change within him if he was going to move forward. That's why he cried out to God to do a deep rooted cleansing in his life and to change him into the person he needed to become. You know, many people reach the point of owning their sin, but do not want to embrace the difficult, deep rooted change that needs to take place in their lives. For many, they just want to move on from it. They just want to get past it. No need to talk about it. Let's just focus on the future, not the past. But the problem is, the best indicator of future behavior is past behavior, unless someone experiences a deep-rooted change in their lives. I have sometimes counseled people who've gone through multiple marriage breakdowns. Very sad. And they're wondering why marriage doesn't work for them. In reality, many of them blame their spouse for their problems and think if they can find a new spouse, the outcome next time will be different. But then when another marriage fails, they're confused. Because the truth is this, wherever you go, there you are. Wherever you go, there you are. If we do not experience the Holy Spirit's deep-rooted change in our lives, we will continue to follow the same old patterns of sin that have become ingrained in us. But when we experience the Holy Spirit's deep-rooted change in our lives, we will not continue to follow the same old patterns of sin that have become so ingrained in us. And thirdly, embrace grace. A sad reality of sin, even if we are able to own it and experience the Holy Spirit's change in our lives, is a sense of shame, a feeling as though we are undeserving of God's grace and the forgiveness of others. I believe David struggled with this as well. There was a time when there was serious sexual dysfunction in David's family regarding his children. Rather than responding appropriately, David didn't get involved and things really went off the rails. It's likely that the shame of his past kept him from acting. What right did he have to hold somebody else accountable for sexual sin after what he had done? It would be hypocritical. God wants us to own our sin. God wants us to allow him to do the deep-rooted work of change in our lives. But God also wants us to embrace the grace that he offers and not live our lives under the dark cloud of shame. Like David, perhaps you have had experiences in the past when you knew the presence and power of God in your life. And like David, you lost sight of the importance of it along the way. Perhaps you feel disqualified from ever experiencing God like that ever again. I would like to remind you today 
that the sins of your past do not disqualify you from experiencing God's presence and power in the present. Don't embrace shame, embrace grace. In conclusion this morning, I wanna remind you that the first step to moving forward is owning your sin, accepting responsibility, admitting that we were wrong and understanding how deeply we have hurt others and our relationship with God. When we experience the Holy Spirit's deep-rooted change in our lives, we will not continue to follow the same old patterns of sin that have become ingrained in us. And the sins of our past do not disqualify us from experiencing God's presence and power in the present. To experience the forgiveness of God and others, we must sincerely demonstrate remorse for past wrongs and seek the change that only the Holy Spirit can bring in our lives. Oh
Thank you for being with us today. If we can be of assistance to you, please do not hesitate to let us know. Call us or email us and we'll get back to you as soon as we possibly can. God bless you and have a great week.